to the Cultivate and Keep podcast with myself and Corey Haynes. My friend, how are you? I'm good. We are recording in the afternoon right now, so it feels good that it's not nighttime. It's a new vibe. Yeah, I have energy. I'm nice. I'm ready to rock. I love it. Yeah, it's good. You know what I've actually realized about myself is that in the morning, I do, like I'm the most productive, I'm the most focused, mm-hmm. but I'm terrible at like communicating, talking, like I don't want to talk to anyone, but I get the most done. You're good at like the put your head down and work right. type work. In the afternoon, I'm the most talkative and the least productive. I get more extroverted during the day or like as the day yeah. goes on. I think I'm similar. I uh, I don't normally won't schedule any meetings until like after two o'clock because I know that Smart. come like one or two, I just get like mentally fatigued and I don't want to like sit behind a desk anymore. I want to like yep. do something or talk. So I, I feel better, but... Once like seven o'clock rolls around, I'm like, no good. I just get super tired. <laughs> yes. I can't do anything. I'm like, notice that. All right, let's just. I've like, always chill. known that about you. I get tired. I've noticed this about myself because um, I've started scheduling my weeks out and sort of like batching my time. So like Monday, Tuesday, I'm like writing, podcasting. Wednesday is now my meetings day, and it's where I meet with all my sort of coaching and mentoring clients. And I felt bad because I've noticed that like <laughs> in like all my morning. Yeah clients the best Corey you're right like I'm kind of like halfway there I'm like stumbling over my words I'm not like super imaginative I had that flipped yeah and then (laughs) at the end of the day I'm like all my meetings are running late I'm just like spewing all these thoughts and we're running through really quick and I'm energetic so I'm like oh dang I kind of feel bad like yeah they're not they're not getting the best me that's fine yeah I'm like I'm pretty talkative in the morning I'm just I'm like just better in the mornings basically and afternoons uh I like I lack my function when it comes to like critically thinking and working but i can still communicate yeah yeah there's also like the uh the classic see normally i would be sort of in my like three o'clock kind of slump of like this is when i I enter into the non-productive zone and the talkative zone so it's perfect for podcasting yeah because we're not really doing anything we're just we're just chatting yeah well on that note on that note what are we chatting about today okay so we had a a baby shower at our house a couple weeks ago uh, for Connie's sister, and we like brought a bunch of a bunch of our rentals over and you know just made it like nice in the backyard, and we were like hanging up you know like banners and like hanging drapes and like doing like you know like nicer type of decorations and uh, I we have like at my warehouse I have like all my most of my tools there so everything that I need mm. to like build or re- or fix things and then at my home I have like some stuff but like I'm always going back and forth and so I'm always like missing something like Connie keeps saying like dude just get like a full set of tools for each place I need to um, but while we were like setting stuff up uh, I needed a hammer I didn't have one <laughs> and oh, we no. were like uh, you know those like baby like inch and a half like very thin nails yeah. Um, we were using those to, like, hang up, like, curtains or drapes on, like, the walls and stuff. Indoors? And, well, no, it was over, like, an archway oh, okay, for, okay. Um, over, like, the tables outside. Uh, but we had, like, three separate, like, um, like eight or eight by eight, like, drapes we need to hang up. And I didn't have a hammer. And so um, I was using, like, a rock with, with those little baby <laughs> nails trying to, like, nail them in. And it was, like, a pain, dude. I kept missing hitting my fingers and took forever. And I was, like, super, super frustrated. Uh, because I had the, the freaking wrong tools for what I was trying to do. And, uh, it was, it was funny. We've, uh, me and Connie we, or I meet with Mike every couple of weeks for mentoring. And once in a while, like Connie will come and we'll just like sit down with Mike and get his advice and stuff and have him like help, help us out with communication issues and whatnot. And one thing he always has said to us is that, uh, we need to add more tools to our tool belt. 
in, in regards to communication and just like handling conflict with each other. And I've understood that, but it was funny. Like as I was standing up on this ladder, like hammering in a nail with a rock, I was like thinking of what Mike was saying. Cause I was like, this makes so much sense now. Like I'm trying to like, uh, you know, resolve a situation, resolve an issue, fix a problem with, with the wrong tools. With a rock. <laughs> yeah. And like, like literally with a rock in a situation. And then, you know, I, I think for what Mike is saying, like relationally, like uh, it just, it all clicked and made sense. And so I kind of want to talk about that, like mm-hmm. adding tools, like to your tool belt, like you need more tools in your tool belt. Um, and I want to talk kind of like relationally. So in my context with marriage, right. And probably with you too, but I think in general, like with, in dealing with people and like, whether it's conflict or just disagreements or just being like different, different opinions. I think right now we're seeing a lot of like different like political stuff come up and you see people like going at it on Facebook, whatever. Like um, I think a lot of people need more tools when it comes to like handling people and just how do you, how do you talk with them? How do you resolve? How do you like come together when you see things differently, you know? So that's yeah. kind of what I wanted to pick apart. Yeah. I love it. I mean, cause I, I feel like um, one, it's been something on, on my mind cause I, I've sort of been like, going down this rabbit hole of like uh mental tools like you know mental models and frameworks and sort of like mm. all these heuristics and ways that you sort of you know building a second brain and uh having like a library that you can you know kind of source but i think also one of the big parts that no one talks about very often is like uh not your um intellectual quotient like your iq but your eq your emotional mm. quotient i think actually there's some sort of study floating out there about like the greatest predictor of success is not your IQ, it's your EQ. Like how well can you manage your own emotions and your relationship with yourself as well as relationship with others and yeah. interactions with others. Yeah, I think I added that to our list of topics. Uh, Nathan mm. Cornett was talking about it with me a while ago and I thought that's super fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we talk a lot about our IQ, but what about your EQ? We don't really give that a lot of thought, but I think, uh, yeah, there's like a lot of weight to it. Yeah, I mean, it's useful too for like, um, if you're a manager of people, mm-hmm. I think it's like a huge part. Like there are a lot of people out there who are managers or quote unquote leaders, but don't have like a high EQ or like a big sort of, um, relational toolbox that they can reference. And that sucks when you have someone like that, right. Who doesn't know how to interact with you or maybe, you know, maybe it's you on that side as well, or someone is trying to like lead you and guide you, but you're just resisting the whole time because you don't have the, the right tools to be able to interact with them. I kind of wanted to like go and talk about like what what tools do you think you need to like add right and oh, see for myself. I was like trying to write a few for down. For sure. Uh, but you want to talk about that? I was curious yeah. like if you had any on your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, um, one of the things that I've been trying to be really mindful of is like catching myself trying to protect my my ego, like trying to sort of safeguard my my pride, like. One of the things I've noticed is like, am I upset about this thing because like I've been wronged or because I am wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, am I upset because, uh, something that happened to me, you know, because, uh, is it like their problem or is that my problem? Mm. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of things where it's like, you know, people get upset about something that was said or they got hurt by someone and like, it's not really what that person said. It's like, it's how you received Mm -hmm. it. Right. Um, so that's definitely one, one of the things I've been trying to work on is like just trying to let go of like, yep, I'm wrong. Like I, I can admit that or like trying to look and say like, what's, why do I really feel this way? And why am I getting upset about this? Uh, why am I frustrated with it? Um, one of the other ones has been, 
uh, like don't fight fire with fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically like kind of along the same lines of turning the other cheek. Um, because I think it's really easy, especially like, uh, you know, if you feel wronged by someone else, then you want to, you feel justified to like do something else, like to get them back. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if, uh, if someone's yelling at you, you want to yell at them. If someone is ignoring you, you want to ignore them. Like it's very easy to just kind of like return what someone else is giving you. Uh, even if it's not right, like there's just been a whole bunch of situations where I'm like, um, you know, this person must think that when in reality, so like, I'm going to you know treat them this way in reality. They don't think that at all. That's again, the way that I'm sort of receiving it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other big ones has been uh, trying to see like the merit of someone else's beliefs or opinions and like, re- like not discrediting someone or dismissing them because I think that they're wrong, but like really honestly trying to, take their view and understand where they're coming from. Um, I think that that's a huge one of like literally putting yourself in their shoes. And for me, like trying to, I mean, this is a big one in politics. Like I'm going to genuinely try to understand why you think this way mm-hmm. and why this makes sense to you, why you would vote this way or why you'd think this thing. Um, why would, why would you fight for this cause? And have empathy for that instead of just being like, oh, they're wrong, they're crazy, they're dumb, I can't believe them. Um, those are a few. I can rattle but off a few more. I should have prefaced with these because I was kind of thinking like breaking, I feel like in most cases there are like two types of people the way we go about like So like the politics example you just brought up, like I think in that scenario, like there's going to be two types of people. Someone who like doesn't mind like confrontation and just like sees a difference mm-hmm. and wants to like hit it head on and talk about it. And then there's going to be another kind of person that's they they value harmony they value like being like cool with someone right and so they they may may be more likely to like dismiss some kind of like political like uh opinion difference because they want to be cool with you um kind of like two types right like one's being a little more passive one's more confrontational mm-hmm. um one, one thing for me that mike has continually pointed out to me and it's, it's kind of funny but uh, I like when it comes to like relational things, like I often will take like a, a one size fits all approach. Like, hmm. uh, one of my favorite tools actually, is like a crescent wrench. Cause it's one that like you can <laughs> easily adjust the, uh, yeah. like the size for like whatever you're, you're working on. Um, but that's kind of like how I often do things, right? Like if, uh, if you're mad at me, if you come at me and you like act a certain way, like I'm not very good at like reading a situation. I'm just kind of like, I have my response that I do not in that, in that scenario. And that's what I do. That's how I mm. respond. And I need to be a lot better about like someone, you know, ha- comes at me with something, whether, you know, they're happy or sad, whatever, like, but I need to adjust my response and the words I use and how I like treat them based on like what's actually happening in that scenario. Um, you know, rather than that, that one size fits all, like mm. really knowing what's happening. And that's just like basic awareness. I think and so uh, that's like an easy thing to fix, but uh, you'd be surprised at how like not good at that I am sometimes. That's a huge one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can but relate to that too. Here's the funny thing, though. Uh, when he says, when he told me that, I was c- kind of like taken back because I think when it comes to like this is weird, but when it comes to like the like work and like um like business or like some kind of like sales situation, like I think I'm really good at that. I'm really good at, like reading it and like responding appropriately and like showing that I care and like I've been in back being in it. But when it comes like relationally, people that are close to me, it's not that way, which is weird. And it's something mm. that Mike has like kind of pointed out, but I don't know why that is, but it's like in this relational like tool belt area, I'm like lacking this and it needs to be like added. Hmm. Yeah. That's a big one. I, 
I feel like, yeah, you, you could, um, it's sort of like the, the read the room advice, mm-hmm. but it's like, read the person, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, really try to understand like, what are their triggers? Like, how do they usually respond to things? Like, why would they, um, say something like this? Right. Like if I knew this happens a lot with like, I think the family is like a big one. Um, coworkers is a big one. And then like friends is a big one. Mm-hmm. And if you understand, like, sounds kind of weird, but like the maybe like weaknesses or like shortcomings of the people in each one of those kind of scenarios, then like, I feel like it's been useful for me to understand like, oh, I'm not going to be offended if someone does something and I know that this is like something that they struggle with, Mm -hmm. you know, because I just know that that's something they do. You know, they, um, they lash out, you know, or maybe they, uh, they ignore or maybe they. Uh, or forgetful like if if you understand sort of what those are then you can address it in a much more reasonable Mm -hmm. way instead of getting uh defensive or um like i said maybe it's not even reacting correctly Mm -hmm. yeah another one i had was like being able to like better tolerate like differences and like disharmony Mm. uh oftentimes when i like sense things like coming out of order with someone that i'm close to uh it's so easy for me to like just jump all over it and like want to immediately fix it. And I need to get better at like kind of letting things play out, like letting like the natural progression happen rather than just trying to like fix the problem right away. Hmm. Um, I've always kind of thought it was good that I was that way. That's kind of like, Oh, I want to fix things and I want to like make sure we're good and we're cool. And we got harmony. But like sometimes like it's important to like let things progress and go out, you know, hmm. um, kind of like a, a peacekeeper, um, mentality of like you, you just want to like uh, resolve things as as yeah. fast as as possible. I, I had like another one written down that was along those lines. Yeah. Um, they're kind of hand in hand, but yeah, like I I want to be more of like a peacemaker, and I'm for sure like a peacekeeper. Like I'm like I'll I'll do what I can like to keep everything cool, but I know that I need to be better at like creating peace and and making peace versus keeping it. And so there's a big difference. Mm. That's actually a, probably an episode right there. We should yeah we should do. <laughs> Uh, and like another one, which for all men, probably the same, but just like being a better communicator, <laughs> like just, uh, not the best at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know, man, how do like, how do you like grow like your arsenal of tools? Like, how do you like add more, you know? And like, and cause I've been thinking a lot about this and, uh, you know, after this, this weekend came up, I was, okay, it's time to like talk about it on, on, on the podcast, but I don't know if I have the answer of like, how do we like, you know, grow and add more tools? Hmm. Well, I think part of it is like just having that idea in your head of like, well, I want to get better at this thing. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, once you, if someone's pointing that out to you, right now it's on your mind. And then the next time it happens, you sort of have a different approach to it. You might be reminded to do something differently, handle it differently. Um, I I can, I know for, uh, you know, like for Monique and I, it's like a super basic thing, but I've had to remind, remind myself constantly. And now it's sort of ringing more and more true is, if something is wrong or she's upset about something or if there's some sort of, um, you know, issue, whether it's not like, whether it or not, it's with me, um, is I try to ask her literally, or just try to kind of guess, like, do I think she wants empathy in this situation Mm -hmm. or do I think she wants a solution? And most of the time it's empathy. That's usually what sort of women crave, whereas guys are much more, uh, solution oriented and we just want to, you know, hammer the nail, get the problem out of the way and then move on. Um, 
but that's been important for me too is like even with being i think with being a good listener it's a lot of like well before you just kind of jump to Mm -hmm. well here's what you should do or here's what i think it's really trying to hear someone out and understand where they're coming from and let them kind of run their course and provide the empathy like understand it um i think one of the big things that gets a lot of people in trouble regardless of what their relationship is is people not feeling heard Mm. um i think it's how to win friends and influence people but he says that there's like two uh ingredients to like making people uh like to making friends and he says make someone feel important and make them feel appreciated and uh he's he mentions later on that like listening to someone is like the number one tool for both of those things so just being a more more active listener Hmm. is maybe like part of your journey to you know adding in those those tools but i don't know I, i feel like you could literally just study and like think of like okay what are my shortcomings what are the shortcomings of like some of the relationships that i have and like what are the things i can bring into that relationship that will give us a more Mm-hmm. Uh, harmonious, you know, friendship or marriage or whatever it is. Yeah, I've I've kind of almost treated it like a, like a goal, but like I've cr- I've started creating like um like a Jeremy improvement file. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's the list of the things that I suck at, and why do I need to get better? You know, uh, so that's been it's kind of been cool to do. You know, but it's it's been helpful to like have them written out and like I can see them mm-hmm. and like look at them every so often because I think it can get overwhelming or like get lost in the shuffle when uh you're feeling like conscious like man i have so many things to like improve and get better at uh it gets easy to just kind of forget about it so i think writing them out and like looking them over is a good way to like kind of grow your arsenal you know Hmm. um yeah i I think a lot of this one is also like a kind of a a continued conversation like this kind of thing is doesn't really stop after you hit it one time you know you have to go back at it and kind of look through uh areas of improvement and, and and whatnot so yeah but that's a huge one. I, I, mean, I really do think like, you know, what are the, what are the things that you should be focused on in becoming more Christ-like? And a lot of it is having this sort of emotional toolbox that you can, you can pull from mm-hmm. for every situation. You like think about the life of Jesus and the way that he handled situations. Like he had a very like custom kind of tailored approach to everything. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he would be, super stern and and uh sort of just like say how it was and just like give the truth or you know he would tell some of the um you know uh uh what was there the who were the guys that were like pharisees the pharisees thank you i wanted to, i kept wanting to say <laughs> I you meant that and i was like is he talking the about pharisees you know like you brood of vipers yeah. or um you know you think that you're good but you're not whereas for someone maybe who's like caught in a sin or someone, you know, he was very like empathetic mm-hmm. or he would listen or he would go to the woman in the well and hear her out, understand her story. Um, and so just being able to take a very custom tailored approach, like I really like the idea and I, I've been trying to do that more of like, how can I be intentional mm-hmm. with my friendships and with the people that I have in my life in, and knowing how to have a better friendship with them? Like not just having them, but like improving it mm-hmm. and getting better and understanding someone on, d- on a deeper level. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's kind of all I had. Any more thoughts you have? No, I think, um, the, the one other quote I had on my mind that we've mentioned a bazillion times, uh, I believe it was Dan dealing, correct me if I'm wrong, but he said marriage isn't hard because you have to see and deal with someone else's shortcomings, your spouse's AKA, or even a friend or a parent or whatever. 
it's hard because you finally see and have to deal with your own shortcomings. And I feel like a lot of it, again, the emotional kind of quotient, like your emotional intelligence, your emotional toolbox, a lot of it, again, isn't really like, how do I deal with this person? But like, how do I deal with this situation myself? And how do I best uh, approach mm-hmm. whatever it is? Yeah. You know, I did have one more thought I wanted to add in. Uh, you know, I think uh, a great way to like grow um, like emotionally is like reading and just like yeah. learning more. Um, the last couple of months, I haven't read like one business book. I've only been reading just like personal growth, spiritual mm-hmm. type stuff, and I've been loving it. And uh, if I'm being honest, in the past, like I, these books would make me bored. Like I would just crave some kind of like some kind of like just market like business type, you know, uh, book. But I've been loving like just like growth books and like Christian books, basically. Like I've been loving. It. It's been really yeah. good for me. And so um, I've, I've been learning a lot. And I think like whether it's books, articles, like blogs, whatever it is, I think just like constantly like absorbing information and like learning and growing um, is a great way to like constantly challenge yourself and and like develop like kind of just like how wide your arsenal can go when it comes to being equipped with tools and whatnot and just like knowledge and how to respond with people and deal with people and and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll leave with one more thought too. And that's, I've been reading through, I haven't read the whole book yet, but it's called radical candor. Um, and it's all about sort of, uh, it's, it's really through the perspective of like, um, like leadership and sort of like a, a manager direct report kind of relationship. But it's really, I think broadly applicable, like all things and like basically splits it out in like a spectrum of like how much you care and how, um, how directly you can, uh, address something mm-hmm. or basically like how much of the truth are you going to tell in a situation? And so it's radical candor is like sort of the, a good combination of, you want to care deeply for that person and give it to them completely straight and give them all the truth and be completely transparent and open. Most people take like an opposite of truth. You know, if you were a sort of peacekeeper, right, it would be like, well, I'm not going to give them any of the truth, but I'm going to care really deeply about them. Right. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like more passive or you're a pushover. You could have the other end of the spectrum where you, you're just giving some of the truth without, without any of the care and love. And so it just comes off as like mean or mm-hmm. rude, or you're sort of, you know, uh, yelling at someone right or just criticizing them um so finding the right balance in there uh, i think is a as another one of those tools you know mm-hmm. like am i giving someone the truth with my love or am i just giving them my love and none of the truth like you have to have both of them there yeah cool uh let's make our exit let's bounce let's bounce let's do it well thanks for listening if you have any thoughts for us let us know hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and we'll see you in the next one peace